inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining to this episode of Time to Shine. And as we are still in the in the year 2021, which is the bicentennial of Peru's independence, we're going to have another Peruvian guest. We have one earlier this year, and actually that conversation was in Spanish with Jaime Lertora. But today we have another amazing guest from Peru, who is Pedro Morillas. He is a successful Peruvian businessman, founder of important companies, and decorated by the government of his country with the gold medal for industrial merit. Self-stuffed in a tireless globetrotter, he has traveled the world and lived in different countries. Now retired, he has written several books such as What Now, which is the latest book, his latest book, Bicentennial, Impunity, Innovate and Enjoy by Creating Wealth, and País Combi. All these books have become bestsellers by being agents provocateurs of change. Hello, Pedro. How are you? Oh, very nice, good. Nice, nice being you in your program. Yeah, it's a pleasure talking with you, Pedro. So definitely, you, you have written a very interesting book. I skimmed through the latest book, What Now? We are going to talk about this book uh, shortly. But first, we'd like to hear a bit more about yourself, especially how how life has led you to become speaker and, and writer, especially that's what you are doing mostly in this day. Please tell us. Well, this started something like 40 years ago when Peru was undergoing a very problematic time. By that time, the problem was the terrorism that was destroying the country. Many people died. We have explosions every now and then. And the situation was very, very difficult. So my family and I decided that we, that was enough. And uh, we were going to self-exile for a while, thinking that was going to be two, three years maybe. Well, if it, took, it took something like six years. By that time, I have to commute from the country I was living to my country, which was a big distance. I was actually in the United States of America. And these circumstances gave me a lot of time, free time, because we have to live, living everything, living my business, my house and everything. So what did I do during this time? I used to think and wonder about the future of my country. Really that or do my country has a future? Which is which one is it? And came to the conclusion that he, me and the whole population of Peru were, was extremely pessimist, what they were down, and it was necessary some injection of optimism. And I decided to write a book to cheer them up, to demonstrate that, that 
look, this is a period that is taking 12 years, but it will pass over as it has passed during the Peruvian history. Why? Because our country was different than the nearby countries in Latin America, who are, which are between 250 to 300 years old, contrary to Peru, which history goes millenniums, 5,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. So 12 years or 20 years that this terrorism was absolutely nothing in this landscape of this big figure of 5,000. And during that time, we somehow have managed to survive, and that was going to happen again. The book was received very well. It was sold out soon, and in a way, it, it helped to pacify the country and come to normality. I returned to my business, was very busy there, and I stopped writing. But I had the idea of doing it when mm. later on in life, when the yes. times of my retirement comes. <laughs> so that is my introduction to, to the communications business. Yeah, I can see. Uh, you had a first book and then have a like a long break, of course, and doing business, and now back again writing excellent books. And I, I'm sure a lot of stories to tell. And that's one next things I would like to ask you is, I noticed on your, I skimmed through the pages of this, your latest book, Now What? And I can see, yeah, first of all, 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 all the chapters start with a story. And you use a lot of stories. So what is for you, your approach to storytelling? For me, are a very important part of a book, if not the most important, as it keeps entertaining, because I have to tell you that my books are more to think than to entertain. So the stories are the salt of salt and pepper to put some flavor and to <laughs> keep the reader glued to the, to, to, to the story. So for me, once again, extremely important. Yeah, it, it is. And I can, I can notice that in, in many, especially non-fiction books, right? That there, are, there are books that you start reading and, and wow, you keep reading and keep reading and then you finish the book. And of, of course, the, the content, there has to be something novel, you know, something interesting, um, like in your case, it's uh, provocateur in many cases. But m- one of the m- main reasons is you can you have to you are following this book so much. It's this, it, there are so many stories there. It's it's it's, uh, it's really powerful, especially in um, in books, non-fiction books. Yeah, please. I'd like to hear now uh, your latest book. Now what? Please tell us about that. Well, the full name of the book is "What Now After the Pandemic." and the end of the savage capitalism. A very provocative name. And uh, the reason is that it was created during this period, this terrible period of uh, lock-in. And uh, give me time 
to think and to put together my last trip to China. I, what happened is that I am extremely curious person, I have always been, and uh, I have been visiting China for, for since the 1970s, and I, I, I have been there five times, mm-hmm. and that shows that I was there when the main means of transportation were bicycles Mm. and people were still wearing the famous Mao uniform, Mao uniform, Mm -hmm. men and women. And the avenues and streets were wide open with few buses interrupting this monotony of bicycle, bicycles. This curiosity took me, in the last time, to a very particular area in China. We all know how developed they they are, how marvelous infrastructure they have, and everything, and we see it in movies, in in videos, uh, and, and so on. But I have this curiosity to go to the more backward area, more the, the more left behind, mm, yeah. which one was. After investigation, I came, my wife and I, came to the conclusion that it was Manchuria, an area near the Russian border, and the capital of that area was Harbin, a very old city, and decided to, to go and visit and see by ourselves the reality, if, if it, is go, it was all the country going at the same rhythm than the rest. Our first sur- surprise was the, st- the station in, in Beijing, where we saw order cleanliness, punctuality, and everything that it is necessary to get on board of one of the speed, the speed of, yeah, speed trains Mm -hmm. that they have. By the way, the parking, the train parking were huge. It was several uh, of these beautiful animals. We got them on board and after a while I was trying to get photographs of of the countryside to check if they were the same or similar to the one we know uh, several years before when we were in the interior of of, uh, China. I have to clarify that I am not a millionaire to be flying to that country so far away <laughs> with, with it with as often as I am explaining. What happened is that I was in one of my business was tourism and it was in the incoming tourism, people who received the people uh, uh, visitors from everywhere 
So our market was the world. I have to travel. I have representatives there. So uh, to our surprise, the only thing we, we, we saw it in the fast train who went at 306 kilometers per hour as an average. It was construction after constructions after constructions. And, and everything was on the move. We arrived in Harbin, an old city, enveloped uh, or surrendered by a mass, a mass, a mass uh, quantity of skyscrapers. So it was an old city in the middle, and on the rest were a new city. We prefer to go to the old city because once again we were trying to get in touch with the people and to make a feeling of of uh, the history and and how was the whole thing. Once again, we were surprised by how clean the streets were. They were free of winos, of, of free of, of beggars. They were the shops full of merchandises and products, mostly of them from Western uh, brands, well-known brands. Some of them luxurious, some of them popular. And the parks were wonderful. Everything really impressed us. It was more, uh, uh, by the way, it was a moneyless sort of society because you pay almost everything, even the fruit with your, your uh, phone. phone. Mm -hmm. Well, but you, you, you understand what I mean. <laughs> it was not necessary to use any money. And uh, our guide, we have a private guide, inform us of the history and everything. But the conclusion is that we have to leave, and by the time, by that time was two months before this last pandemic mm. erupted. Mm. And I decided to tell my experience, who was very nice surprise, compared with the Western way of life, why the Asian countries were going up while we were going down, and we are in the mess that we are presently are living in. Came to the conclusion that it was because they think always in us mm -hmm. as a members of society, while here we in the West, we think in me, me and only me. I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be famous, but we don't think in anything further than that. That makes a lot of difference and was worth to analyze, and I analyzed through many stories in the, in the book. But one of the conclusions that I came is that we were going, or we were in the transition of a new era an era that in the future is going to be named BP and AP, 
which means before pandemic and after the pandemic. Mm. Because this, we believe it or no, we like it or not, has affected everybody more than the date when Jesus Christ arrived. Because before Christ and after Christ, what well, this is going to be but oh, yeah. before and after the pandemic. <laughs> the society was going to be a sort of rose-tinted society. Why rose-tinted? Because it was not going to be red as the communism or socialism and not white like capitalism or democracy or whatever we call it. It was going to be a combination of both. They were going to get the best part of one side and the best part of the other side and the, so the whole color is going to be different. And it was going to be more rose or more pink because a new matriarch matriarch era is 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 showing up that is coming women are going to lead the countries they're going to govern the govern the countries not because they are superior they are just different they have some more they are showing now that they have more talent to do the job than men. That doesn't mean that they are going to be superior. No, it is just that they are going to be equal. A proof of that is that if we think which are the best countries that have handled better this pan present pandemic, and we come with seven or eight uh, among them Finland, Singapore, and so on, and so on, Taiwan, and so on. And curious enough, all of them are being led by ladies. And because of this, they are now in a, in a fast way catching up since just 110 years ago when they were accepted in the universities, or 110 when they have the right to vote and be elected. That was just now. While millennials behind, they lost that preponderance when we men decided, uh, with the help of the institution of that era, the time, with the charge, with the judicial power and whatever, that it was a good idea that wealth will go to the next generation through the male line. And so in that way, the, 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 the women's lost category to become a second class citizen until quite recently. We are in evolution, but that is where we had to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's, that's already changing. You, you can already see that, as you mentioned, uh, women who are leading, leading countries and also are super ac more active in, in yeah, main activities. That's, that's, I think, it's fabulous. Um, coming, coming back to the communication side, please, I would like to hear from all, all your experience, super interesting experience you are mentioning. Who has influenced you the most? I would say James Michener. He's an old American writer. Not all, but 
He has it's an excellent way of communicating. And my style in a way copies him. He is a, my 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 mentor. Okay. It's also a non non-fiction writing, right? Uh non-fiction. Non and he has books, famous books like Chesapeake Bay, Alaska, Hawaii and things like that, historical and and and, and mixed up politics with economy and history and produce uh, magnificent magnificent books. Hmm. Yeah, definitely very, very interesting. One topic I, I saw in your book and is is also well it's been we are feeling it in the last years and I don't know if it's increasing but hopefully not, but it's here. It's about the disinformation. Disinformation has uh, affected elections, it affects how people behave on uh about healthcare decisions, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's something we see all the time. So how communicators can can combat this information, fake news? That is a big, big, heavy questions. And uh I need some thinking, but come to my mind that uh we communicators can do a lot to solve that problem if ever it's going to be solved. First of all, we have to be very well informed. We have to know everything about everything. We have to read from both sides. Mm. We have to to not to be manipulated because we have cross-check the source of information where we where can where come in what what whatever. But we can do only so much. However, technology is coming and help and is going to solve this problem. How? Because through algorithms and a combination of them together with artificial intelligence, they can precise. So they, they can precise what is true and what is not true because they do have, you know, tremendous power. The problem is who has that means of communication, who owns that means yes. of communication. We trust for that. Exactly. And there is when justice comes, the institution of justice has to be tough, extremely tough, exemplary tough, tough with anybody who doesn't obey the, the, the rules. And that will be the only way to get rid of of fake news and all this garbage that are confusing everybody. Yeah, definitely technology, but also the first, the first thing you said that being informed in from both sides of, of the the topic will be well informed is crucial. Absolutely. From from your experience, you have you've been traveling a lot of in, on your career. How can we communicate effectively with people from completely different cultures? So what was your experience on that? Uh, my experience is actually very positive. You can communicate with them, first of all, respecting their way of thinking, 
respecting their customs and uh, not trying to impose anything, being humble in that respect. And uh, as in China, in Japan, in Australia, wherever, as you have mentioned that I've been, I have been using that 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 piece of, of advice. And I mean, is the only way how can you communicate that with them? Would be better if you travel. Travel is, the, for me, a way of educating, the best way of educating and having fun at the same time. But to do that, you have to have the dominion of at least two or three main languages. Mm -hmm. That is what Japan is doing, and that is how they opens to the world. I don't remember when was that, but it was something like a hundred years old when they formed this team called the Iwakura team. Iwakura for the name of the professor who was leading them. They were the best or the best of the, of the university and were sent out to copy everything. They copy the uh, in the state the automobile, aut automotor, okay, yeah. right? And they went to to the United Kingdom and they copy how uh, the democracy works and so on. And they came back and perfect them. And now they are the best producer of cars, for instance. Uh, <laughs> but that, that communication goes both ways. One that you are learning and one you are teaching. But one is true humility. It's nothing to be discovered, but it's a lot to be shared. And you have, we have to be ready to do that without any, any preconception. Like me, I read Karl Marx when I was 17 and I didn't, be, I didn't become communist. Mm. I read my Mein Kampf. Mm my fight of Adolf yes. uh, Hitler, and I didn't become fascist. I read Schopenhauer, the philosopher of pessimism, and I didn't become a pessimist. So you have to <laughs> yeah, I can be see your, Exactly. Uh, and that's the only way to do it. Yeah, that's, that's uh, illustrating very well what you said, that seeing the, the both sides, well, there are, sometimes there are more than two, but yeah opposite sides of thinking. Pedro, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? Yes, I do have one. And it says, progress is made through change. And those who do not change their mind will not be able to change anything. Mm. And that is a quotation from George Bernard Shaw. Yeah, I agree on that. <laughs> it's, it's well, well, well put in, in, in the right words. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Could you recommend us one book that has inspired you and recommend us to read it? I would recommend New Confessions of a Economic Hitman uh -huh. by John well, I forgot his name. 
It is an American. Mm-hmm. It used to be an economic hit, hit man. And it is a book mm-hmm. that is, although mm-hmm. it is honest and is truly effective, it, it may be too, too hard for your audience to accept. It, 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 because it is a sort of a, a confessions of uh, Snowden, Snowden, or confession mm-hmm. of, uh, of, uh, of this guy from WikiLeaks. Or this, what, what? Julian Assange. That's correct. That, that so type. <laughs> that type of confessions, all right. <laughs> okay, well, sounds, sounds intriguing, definitely. Please, one, one last... Perkins. Perkins. Oh, it's Perkins. That's correct. That's the name of the guy. John Perkins. And repeat, John the, repeat the title. The title is Confessions or New Confessions of a Economic Hitman. All right. Then we got it. So finally, please share with us an exercise, something practical that you would recommend us to do uh, regularly, a routine to shine. A routine to shine in our profession or in any profession, mm-hmm. it is to be well informed, to read everything from the whole spectrum of activities and political and economical and be, try to be well informed, updated with the technology. That, that, that is my, my main exercise that I would recommend. Yeah. By, by the way, you have not mentioned where can they get my book? Or oh, 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 I am, I am I'm being pushy in that respect. <laughs> no, uh, we are almost ending the, the interview, so it's time to tell us. And some people would like to, to definitely get in touch with you or, or yeah, find the work you're doing. Please, please tell us. Yeah, that's the right time. <laughs> <laughs> they can get in touch with me through the web Pedro Morillas altogether dot com and or in Amazon where you can get my books in Spanish and in in in, in English uh, in two two versions for Kindle and physical or, or you can come and to Peru and visit our country and get to know uh, yeah Great idea, well, of course. I mean, um, <laughs> you come from the um, from the um, travel industry, right? You've been a big part of your career, so you continue promoting our country. Fabulous. <laughs> and, that, and, and for me, is the best and the only way out, the fastest way out for countries like Peru, would solve a lot of problems like immigrations, illegal immigrations, and uh, poverty and everything because it distributes to everybody during their stay. Since people who are going to shine their shoes or sell something, uh, merchandise in, 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 in the market or the street mm. and so on. So, yeah, that is my, my, my suggestion. Mm-hmm. And the best way to find you on the social media, where are you more, more active? Okay, pardon? The, the, the best way to find you on social media, which one you are more active? 
Well, uh, my my mail is Pedro at morillasfamily.com or yeah that that is that is, could be the, the best way to do it okay excellent to get with me fantastic thank thanks a lot pedro it's been fascinating to hear those stories fantastic book i will i will continue reading it and finish it and well it's been touched fantastic and i wish you all the best thank you very much all the best for you too I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Do me a favor. Have you read my book, Rock the Tech Stage? Please go to Amazon.com and leave me a review. I appreciate all your support. Keep shining and until next time. <laughs>